0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. If you take the life of a nursing mother, for instance, a nursing mother has the responsibility to take care of a child that she has given life, that she has brought into this world. Hallelujah. Amen. She has to feed that child and ensure that that child gets all the nourishment that she needs. As much as she will desire for that child to grow, and to put on weight, and to be healthy, and to live well, if she doesn't take time to ensure that she herself is very well nourished, she will just be giving that baby empty calories. Amen. So it's good to be concerned about the child. But you must know first of all that before I can be relevant in the life of this baby, you know, I must learn to feed myself. I must learn to give myself nourishment. Hallelujah. You know, God is asking us that we should begin to take time to look into our lives. To begin to look into our lives. Hallelujah. You must pay attention to yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, no one else will invest in yourself. If you don't take time to pour into yourself, because many times, you know, we take time, we are pouring out to others, you are giving to others, you are doing many things, you know, to the lives of um, 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 all the people that God has placed around you. Hallelujah. But if you keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, one day you will burn out if you don't take time to refill. One day you will burn out. And there are so many people here that um, 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 for one reason or the other, you are experiencing that level of burnout. Because you are not taking heed to yourself. Because you are not taking time to focus on yourself. Because you are not taking time to refill. Hallelujah. You know, even Paul, the great apostle Paul, he said in the book of 1 Corinthians 9, 27, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. He goes about preaching and ministering to nations and to thousands of people. But he realized that at some point, you know, he needs to put his body in place. He needs to ensure that his body is whole. He needs to ensure that his body is not going in a direction it uh, it, it ought not to go. Lest he realized that it was possible that, you know, he would have ministered to others, he would have poured himself out to others, and he himself becomes disqualified. And that's what happens when we don't learn to take heed to ourselves. Hallelujah. So there are times in our lives that we must prioritize ourselves. And you shouldn't feel bad doing so. Focus on you. Because you are important. 2 Corinthians 7 5. Paul speaking here also. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? He says take time to examine yourself. Take time to look into yourself. Take time to appraise yourself. Take time to test yourself. You know, sometimes you think that you've heard, heard the word of faith so much. You're working in faith in every area of your life, you know. But Paul is saying here that there's sometimes that you need to check that you are actually still working in faith. Has your confidence shifted from God's word to something else? So many times we make assumptions. And Paul is saying here that you must not make that, those assumptions. There are times that you need to take time to look into yourself. Am I still really working in faith? Do I still believe the things that God had told me years ago? Am I still expecting God to do these, these things in my life? Is my dependence still on God? Is my focus still on God? I've gotten results and results so far in my life. Am I still trusting in God or am I trusting in the things that God has given to me? Am I still walking in love? Hallelujah. Have I allowed the enemy to sow tears into my life? Am I still taking heed to the garden of my heart? Or have I allowed the garden of my heart to go unkept? The Bible says that while men slept... An enemy came and so tears. And that's what happens when we don't take heed. The man that takes time to protect the garden of his heart, that takes time to look into his life, to take time to ensure that his life is still in line, will ensure that he gives no place to the devil. And the Bible says that in doing so, you will save yourself and you will save others. You will save yourself and you will save others. And so I'm going to be sharing on a couple of things that, you know, God laid on my heart. That in in, in taking heed to ourselves, there are certain things about ourselves that we must understand and we must come to terms with. Hallelujah. The first thing you must understand is that the way God deals with you as a person is different and distinct from the way he deals with other people. We are... Sons and daughters of God, and we come in various shapes, sizes, peculiarities, temperaments, likes, dislikes. Amen. And God deals with us as individuals in our own right. Some of us have more than one, you know, child. And you realize that, you know, your children are different. You don't make all your children fit into the same mold one of your children you might have to tell them ten times before they get something done but there might be another child that wants to give an instruction once you can consider it done do I have a witness in the house? (laughs) glory to God and we must realize that we are children of God we are different, we are unique and so God deals with us in the way that is best for us you know, many times we hear, you know, I mean, the things that God does in the lives of people around us. And, and sometimes it might be quite intimidating. And it might seem as if, you know, nothing is happening. Oh, why is my life like this? You know, nothing is happening in my life. I'm not seeing God. I'm not hearing God. I'm not experiencing God. Hallelujah. You know, but God will speak to certain people in outstanding ways. And there are other people that, you know, in your experience with God... You know, God will lead you primarily by just the inward witness. And it doesn't mean that you are less loved by God. Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes God will just speak to you through his scriptures. But God knows you as an individual. And he deals with you in the way that he knows best. The Bible makes us understand that God knows the end from the beginning. And God is able ultimately to bring us from where we are into the future that he has in store for us. Glory to God. You know, personally, I've realized that, you know, most of the time that I hear God the most is when I'm in an anointed meeting, hearing the word of God. Many times when I take out time to pray, I may not really hear anything distinct at the time. But by the time I get into a service where God's word is being preached, I begin to get get instructions from God. And I've just learned that, okay, that's the way God deals with me most of the time. Amen. I remember Reverend, Reverend Victor was saying, you know, I heard him say one time that, you know, he, he asked God that he wants to see angels in his life. <laughs> that he asked and asked and asked and asked. He knew that angels were manifested, always in manifestation in his ministry. And he asked, ah, let me see one of these angels now. He said, after I ever realized that, you know, God ain't listening to him. Now, I mean, the important thing is that, you know, God is in your life. And God's hand is upon your life. Whether he moves in a spectacular manner, whether he moves in a still manner, all you care about is the results. And all you need to know is that God, because God is my father, I know that, you know, he will bring everything that I need in my life in his own way. In his own way. So don't get carried away by, you know, I had a dream and the Lord spoke to me. Amen. Now you're asking God, God, I want to dream. I want to have a dream. I want to hear your voice. I want to wake up and I hear, you know, that deep voice of God speaking to me. The voice of many waters. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, sometimes in God's will, even in, in dealing with you, um, there, might, there are manifestations in your life that will come faster than people around you. And there are other things that you might have to wait longer compared to people around you. But you must learn to trust God and understand that I am peculiar in my own way, and God knows what is best for me, and He's able ultimately to bring me into the fullness of the plans that he has for my life praise the lord god might permit you to move in a certain direction and god might you know not permit someone around you to move in that direction joyce mayer talks about the time a period in her life where it seemed as if god just put her on the shelf for years and years and nothing was happening nothing was nothing or rather nothing seems to be happening and nothing seems to be moving She was handling the Bible fellowship in her house and it just stayed on that level for a long time. But after a while, you know, she just experienced such explosion and such breakthrough. And she realized that, you know, God was actually building her and developing her in those years. Those years of silence. Those years when it seemed that, you know, there was nothing happening in her life. But God was working out something. In the life of David, you know, David experienced so much success in his life. And he told God, God. I want to build a temple for you. I want to build a befitting house for you. You have blessed me so much and it's the right thing to do. And it was the right thing to do. He was ready to give out of his resources to ensure that God has a befitting temple. But God told him no. God told him no. God said, I won't have you do that. I will have your son Solomon do it. And David accepted. He called his son Solomon and gave him all the support he could. Hallelujah. He didn't get angry with God. Even though what he wanted to do seemed the right thing to do, but God told him, no, it's not for you to do it. So we must understand that, you know, there are times that God will give us instructions that you don't understand why. It seems strange. But learn to trust him that he knows what is best for you. He has your best at heart at all times. In the life of Isaac, the Bible tells us, there was a famine in the land. His father had experienced the same famine, and he had gone to Egypt, and they had been saved. And he was about to pack his load and his family to go to Egypt. But God told him, do not go down to Egypt. Yes, I had your father go to Egypt. That was the plan I had for him. But for you, I want you to stay here. And this is where I'm going to prosper you. And that was what happened eventually. He stayed there, and the Bible says he sowed in the land, and God prospered him greatly. On the flip side, the Bible also talks about a man called Enimelech and his family. There was famine in, Beth, in the land of Bethlehem. And they heard that, oh, that, you know, there was a land of plenty in Moab. And he packed his family and he went to Moab. He lost his life. His two sons lost their lives. The Bible says that. In Proverbs 16, verse 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way that seems right, but the end is the way of death. Seems right does not mean it's right for you. What is right for you is the specific direction that God is giving you per time. And so that's why you must take time to understand That, you know, God will always lead you along the pathway he has for your life. God has ordained and carved out a specific path for your life. And as you stay on that path, as you stay with his leadings, as you stay with his guidance, as you stay with his promptings, then you will experience his fullness in every aspect of your life. Praise the Lord. God is the potter. And you must understand that sometimes he might just choose to do something different with a particular vessel. But a particular vessel, he might just decide to do something different. Hallelujah. So learn to use every season of your life to your advantage. You might look around you and it seems people are making progress around you and God is not moving in your life. But sometimes God allows, allows certain seasons in our lives because of what he sees ahead of us. Use every season to your advantage. Use every direction to your advantage because there is something glorious that's waiting ahead of you. Amen. I remember I got married when I was 25 years old. And, you know, I had no inkling that I would have to wait seven and a half years to have my first child. But now, I mean, I look back, and I'm so thankful to God for those years. Because all those years, I mean, all of my friends that got married around when I got married, they had first child, second child, and I didn't have one child. Amen. But eventually, God came through for me. And I had the first child, I had the second child, and I never knew that I was even going to have a child when I was past 40. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And, you know, every of those experiences, I look back and I realize that, you know, God has used it to build me. God has used it to make me. God has used it to mold me one way or the other. So even though I had to wait much longer than people around me, you know, waited, I'm thankful. It was for my good. It was for my good. And I look back and I'm thankful to God. Praise the Lord. The second thing that I need to understand is that. You must take heed to your individual peculiarities, giftings, and callings. Take heed to your individual peculiarities, giftings, and callings. What God has placed in you differs from what He has placed in the person beside you. Paul said in Romans 11:13, For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. God has sent seven people to the Jews, but he realized that the one that God has given me is a word for the Gentiles. The place that God has given me is a place among the Gentiles, and I magnify my office. If he don't celebrate you, nobody else will celebrate you. So you must learn to celebrate yourself. Amen. Learn to celebrate yourself. Glory to God. You are ultimately answerable to God and not to any man. The Bible tells us in the book of Matthew 25 that, you know, Jesus Christ told about the Bible of the talents. You know, a man gave, you know, ten talents to one man, five talents to the other, and one talent to the last man. Why did he give them different talents? It was based on what he saw ahead of them. It was based on, the Bible said, their ability, their individual ability. But what happened, you know, to one of them? Matthew 25, verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not, not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. King James. <laughs> Here is what belongs to you, in other words. They gave him a talent. Reproduce the talent. Focus on your talent. Take heed to the talent. And what did this man do? I knew that my master is a hard man. He has forgotten about the talent that was placed in his heart, in his hand, and he's focusing on the fact that his master has done this. His master is this. His master is not this. And what happened eventually? The talent was taken from him. The Bible makes us understand that God has given unto us gifts. God has given unto us peculiarities. God has given unto us, I mean, things that pertain to our lives that we must use to minister to others. There are people that have gifts that we might consider to be much greater than us, but it doesn't matter. All matters is that you take what God has given to you and you make the most of it. And you make the most of it and you take it, if it's one gift that God has given you, focus on that gift and keep exercising it and keep developing it and keep using it. And as you do it, you will see increase. So it's not time to get intimidated by other people. It's not time to begin to focus on what other people have that you don't have. But take that which you have and celebrate it. Take that which you have and maximize it. Take that which you have and make the most of it. Take heed to yourself. There's something that God has placed inside you that God wants you to use to be a blessing to your world. And you must learn to begin to take heed to those things. Because you are unique, we need the peculiarity that you bring to this world. Everyone cannot be the same. And it's only when you begin to focus on that one gift and talent that God has given you that you realize that, wow, I never knew I could do this. I never knew I could do this. But if you don't give yourself, your time, your attention to it, you will never be all what God wants you to be. But God is saying now it's time to begin to take heed to those specific things. Those peculiarities, those things that make you different from others, because I made you different from others for a purpose. Praise the Lord. Number three, understand also that you don't have everything in yourself. There is no self made man, there is no man that is an island. We need people around us. The Bible makes us understand that we are one body. And there are different parts of that body. The hands cannot say, I have no need for the leg. Or I have no need for the eye. Or I have no need for this part of the body. Amen. We are one body and we need each other. God has not given all abilities to any single man. But he has given everything that the body of Christ needs in the body of Christ. And as members of the body, when we realize that we don't have everything and we need people around us, you will begin to pay attention to the relationships and the people that God has placed around you. Many times the answer you're seeking in life is in someone around you, is in someone within your network, is in someone within your sphere of influence. And some people are too proud, they feel too proud to ask, why should I ask? No, I'm not going to, you know, bring myself too low to ask for help. Hallelujah. If we look through the Bible, there were, you know, people that experienced great things in their lives. Now, the great things they experienced were a result of them being connected to one person or the other. Joseph was connected to the butler. And it was the butler that remembered him when he went to the palace. The Bible talks about Naaman. Naaman had a seventh girl in his house. And that girl was the source of his miracle of healing. He was a leper and it was that girl that told him, ah, ah, there's a man of God somewhere. I know that if you go and meet this man of God, you'll be healed. It was that little girl. If he had despised that girl, if he had treated that girl, you know, in a negative manner, maybe the girl, you know, would not have been, um, you know, interested in letting him know that there was someone that had the answer to his lifelong problem. Ruth needed a Naomi in her life. A Naomi in her life that eventually brought, brought her to Boaz. Cornelius needed a Peter in his life. Cornelius was in his house praying, 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 praying. Giving alms, doing great and mighty things. Amen. And God heard him and God said, I'm going to send a man. So he needed a Peter to come into his life and to preach to him the words of truth. That he needed to hear at the time. The widow of Zarephath... Neither than Elijah in her life. She was ready to die. But God sent a man called Elijah into her life that brought about the miracle that sustained she and her son. Praise God. So God has placed people all around us. These people might be pastors, these people are friends, these people are peers, these people are counselors. But God has placed people around us. And you must learn to maximize the relationships that you have around you because there's an answer in the person around you. You don't have everything in yourself. You don't have... I mean, you can't get to the point where you think that all the results you are ever going to have in life are going to come from your direct efforts. You are going to be limited in life. God has given you people around you as helpers of destiny. Helpers of destiny. So open your eyes And appreciate the people around you. And don't despise the people that God has placed around you. Because there is an answer, there is a solution inside the life of someone that God has placed within your sphere of influence. You know, I've I've shared before my, my testimony of what happened when my U.S. visa got canceled. And for five years, I kept applying and applying and applying and... You know, they kept rejecting, and they told me that, oh, they have to apply for a waiver, go back to the U.S. border control to apply for a waiver. So that was the day I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. She's based in the U.S., and she just told me something, said, okay, when next you go for an interview, write an account of what happened when the visa, your own account of what happened when the visa was canceled, and ask the, the interviewer, if he would take that account into consideration when they're applying for a waiver, detailed account of, of my initial experience. And I got to the interview, and the guy told me, Oh, yes, we have to go back to the US border control and apply for a waiver. I said, I understand that. I've written an account of what happened. Would you mind including this into in, in the waiver application? I said, Oh, yes, 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 no problem. And he took it, and about six months later, I was called and I was told that the visa was granted. I had been applying for five years and nothing was happening. And the answer was someone around me. Someone around me. So learn to, you know, celebrate the relationships that you have. Maximize the relationships that you have. Because you don't, you don't, I mean, the person you are, that you despise today might be the person that you need in future. Might be the stepping stone that you need in future. And you have, if you have shut doors, you know, in a very, very bad manner, you would limit yourself. You would limit yourself. Finally, understand that you are work in progress. Understand that you are work in progress. And what does that mean? It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. The fact that you fail once does not mean that it's the end of the world. The Bible says that the righteous man shall fall seven times, but he will rise again. He will rise again. The Bible tells us that God is, I mean, Jesus is building a church that until we'll come to the fullness of the stature of, of, of Christ. That's where we're getting to. That's where we're getting to. But we are work in progress that you haven't seen. You shouldn't feel like It's the end of the world life is time life is time and things take time and so when you understand that you know I don't have to get to my destination in one day I have a destination in God I understand that but I'm not going to get to that destination in one day I'm work in progress every single day that's what you should rejoice in so if you miss it today it doesn't mean it's the end of the world you pick up yourself and you keep going Learn from your mistakes, learn what you should not do, and keep going. We're in a race. And we'll keep running until we get to our, to, um, to our eventual destination. So you are work in progress. God is making you. No man is perfect. The Bible says that we are working towards perfection. And to so realize that you know, for every day that we are going to live on this earth, God is going to keep changing you. Even Paul, Paul said, you know, I do not consider myself to have attained already. no. The almighty Apostle Paul, I don't, with everything that I've experienced, I don't consider myself to have attained. But I keep pressing. I keep pressing because I know that there's more that God wants to do in me. I know that there's more to me. I know that I can be a better person. I have seen some successes in the past, but that's not all there is to me. And I'll keep pushing until I become all that God wants me to be. So if you're not seeing certain results in your life today, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. But like Paul, make up your mind that I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep pressing. No matter how many times i failed in the past, I know that success lies ahead of me. The Bible says that the path of a is is a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto that perfect day. It might be dull around me today, but I know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Deeply smoke. Sons and daughters that he's working on. That he's building every day. Jesus is building his church. The Bible says, I will build my church. Every day, Jesus is building. And the Bible says that you are God's building. So every day, God is building you. Every day, God is adding a new block. Every day, God is making a new mold out of you. So never ever give up on yourself. Because you are a work in progress. And as you keep taking one step at a time, one day at a time, one moment at a time with God, you will look back and realize that I've really made progress in my life. And you will understand that I've made progress, but there's still so much more ahead. And you'll keep going. So ladies in the house, it's time to take heed to ourselves. Amen. Take heed to yourself. Understand you. Understand you and prioritize you because that's the only way you will remain, remain relevant in this world and the lives of people around you. When you learn to give heed, take heed to yourself, and understand what God is doing, understand the way God thinks about you, understand what God has placed within you. Glory to God. Has someone learned something this evening? Amen. So, as we go on in this conference, I believe God is just going to keep opening that word. And in bringing revelation around that word. Take heed to yourself. Glory to God. Can we put our hands together and welcome the women's choir to minister to us? The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Itel Avenue. 0000640.